Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back. Thanks for listening to the Your Forest Podcast. This will be episode nine. Yeah, episode nine. So uh, yeah, today I brought Derek Krieger-Smith on again, and we just talked, yeah, about random forestry things, stuff he's seen on Facebook that bothered him, and just random myths and misconceptions that people might have about forestry and conservation and that kind of stuff. So yeah, we just dived right into it. Kind of a weird podcast. We're both a little bit tired. He spoke really fast, but <laughs> it's okay. Uh, yeah, I got lots of good ones coming up. So yeah, stay tuned. And uh, here's episode nine. Round two. By round two, I mean we recorded like five minutes of a podcast and realized Derek's mic wasn't on. That's... I don't want to tell the same stories again. We had an interesting day in this field. We drove for 12 hours to get to the top of Bud Hill where we got rained on and it hailed on us. And there were bears in the area because biologists were dragging moose carcasses. And Matt brought his gum. And I thought it should have been bigger, but he assured me that it was like a big enough gun for pretty much anything. <laughs> but I don't know guns. So I was like, I thought it would be bigger, which is such a such a white girl city thing to say. I thought it was bigger, but... um. <laughs> no, it was good. It was a, it was a, it was a terrible day. It was, and, it uh, was a day where we drove twelve hours, did three hours worth of work, and wasted a lot on, of fuel. Got rained on the whole time. Oh, and we got stuck. And we, oh, we fucking, no, we got stuck. That's a bold claim, uh, sir. Whatever, I got stuck. I was standing on the you road. I wasn't even me. in the truck. The best part was that you were so exasperated by the time I got stuck that you didn't even complain. You just like grabbed a knife and walked into the pine trees to get boughs to help us get us. You were like, we're going to need boughs. I was like, where's your knife? I don't even think I said that. I think you were just like, where's your knife? I'm going to get boughs. And there was like, all right. (laughs) No, at that point in the day, I was like, of course, we just got the truck stuck. Of course. But you didn't even say that, though. You were just totally silent. It was just like silent Derek. And I was like, silent Derek is a rare thing. You know when Derek's (laughs) silent that something terrible happened no i tell people all the time i said everything's fine if i'm talking if i get quiet something's wrong you either need like some sugar bump that insulin up or i don't know or you're extremely offended which is good which is good (laughs) it means you (laughs) tapped into a nerve there every once in a while you'll be like good that shuts him up (laughs) just file that away with shut up (laughs) so yeah we had a crazy day it was cool it was cool and then we went out with the rest of the boys on the weekend to work with the weather And uh, it was perfect. It was everything we talked about when I we was were at in the rain. party. Yeah, you were doing work. Yeah, you were, <laughs> you were getting. Yeah, I see your photos were awesome. Did you see my photos? Oh, you sent me pictures oh, yeah. of the boys, cowboy hats and bras. Not me, just no, the bachelor. Just, yeah, yeah. Let's not get out of hand here. No, no. <laughs> You're just like I have a reputation. How dare you say that on my podcast? <laughs> was it no, my no. bachelor party? No, it was the it was the soon to be wed fellow. I assume. <laughs> yeah, that's that's who else would what, be like what bachelors. Yeah, are. I'm here to support you on your crazy night, but I'll wear a bra too. No one does that. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, I don't so know gay guys that do that. Who would, anyway, it doesn't matter. Tangent. So the field was interesting. We went back later to do the plots we couldn't do because the roads were too muddy and we couldn't get to it. And the bridge was out and all that other stuff. So that was, was a lot great. of fast talking, really quick. Yeah, I hope everyone caught that. It was really important. So get make on sure my you level. Like rewind that and play it back slower so you can get all that information. It's okay. You can skip to the next one. I'm not upset. <laughs> um. <laughs> so, yeah, like I was telling, uh, I, was, I asked Derek to come on again today just because, yeah, we, we had some things that we discussed earlier that we wanted to talk about and kind of random things. Nothing that we're super It's going to be super controversial. Love, but about GMOs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just weird things we've seen, like weird Facebook posts, weird 
misconceptions and myths and stuff like that. Just things that so totally frustrate me and like burn out my fingers. So typing on my keyboard. Everything. Yeah, I keyboard warrior pretty bad. I'm, yeah. I'm a little easily triggered. That's most of our conversations. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah, actually, no. Yeah, it is. That's it is bad. hundred percent. This is bad. Don't make. Don't hold a mirror up to me. I'm hey very man, fragile. We, everyone, the world needs people like you. There's people like me who just don't care about what Trump is doing. It's but true. there's people like you who are like, did you hear what Trump did? And I'm like, what did you do, Derek? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. It's exactly that. It's one single. And then you like put down your glasses. You turn your chair. You sit back wide because you know you're going to be there a minute. <laughs> and you go, what did he do? <laughs> That's actually it. I can see it. It's happened at least. All that shit he said about North Korea and the nuclear war, that was some shit. We don't have to get into that. We don't have to get into that. Was... And none of us should form an opinion or state an opinion on that. That's up to the individual. Moving along. Moving along. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of the most uh, the most recent one. It, it, there's a classic one. Do you want to talk about the trees and how they... How they don't talk to each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So and how uh, this isn't a cartoon. Okay. Um, there was a book that came out. Was it called Hidden Life of Trees? I think it's so. Based on a book. Yeah. I, yeah, I just a, saw one of those. I, like, I actually listened to the book. Oh, okay. Cool. And uh, the guy it was a forester somewhere. I don't recall where it was, but uh, he wrote this book about how cool trees are. And it's not like it's not totally. It's not a bad book. It's just people got some misconceptions from it. And took it to the extreme. And no one like, ever does that, Matt. What are you yeah, talking about? Yeah, it never about? happens at all, right? So he he's basically saying, he was bringing out the point that, and this all came from actually a woman, a TED Talk. This mm-hmm. woman gave out Suzanne. Don't sound surprised, Matt. Or something like that. Women can do things. But yeah, that was the wrong tone of voice <laughs> for that. What I meant was Boom. there was another person. It wasn't that guy that figured it out. A woman in BC um, who did some research and found out that uh, different species of trees were sharing nutrients and carbon between the roots and stuff. Different like, species. That's different species. Like that. She had birch and fir. So I'm guessing it was Douglas fir. She didn't specify. But birch and fir that were actually sharing carbon through their root systems. Like through the, yeah. Through carbon, the fungi that's and so like, odd. Well, like she, she just did it. She What she did is she put a, she put radioactive carbon and it was like non, it was it, not radioactive in like a, like I'm going to get cancer kind of way. Yeah. Like a radioactive just so she can tra- like track it. Like a unique it. isotope. Yeah, track, unique yeah. isotope so she can track it with yeah. the Geiger counter. And she put you two unique ones, one on the fur, one on the on the birch, and she could she left it for like an hour or something like that for let the photosynthesis take place and let mm. the let everything let the photosynthesis happen, create sugars, get the sugars go down through the roots and mm. such and such, right? And yeah, she turned out that yeah, they were in fact within an hour exchanging nutrients, so, which is amazing. But the way that this guy describes it in the book is that they're talking and they're communicating and they're and technically speaking, they are communicating. They are there is a symbiotic relationship going on there where there's they, an exchange of material. Yeah, Derek likes to talk about it. It's good. I'm on his side with this one, but still, it's like technically speaking, yes, they are. There is an action reaction thing going on where they are exchanging materials that one another need. It's symbiotic. That doesn't mean that in a severe situation they wouldn't cut each other off and go to war. Yeah. Oh well, yeah, <laughs> you're right. Oh, okay, okay. I gotta, I gotta organize my thoughts. Um, <laughs> so we see, we see competition between the same species, let alone different species, all the time. So mm. when you have a new stand that's established, at some point, all those stems grow up, their canopies get wide enough, and they stagnate, and then they just sit. Right. So yeah. you get aspen, you get pine that do this, and they'll sit and they just fight for every little piece of sugar and every little piece of light they can get. Yeah. And the weakest ones eventually will die out. <laughs> It thins the stand and it allows it to kind of expand up again and, and start growing again. So that's um, pruning, yeah, pruning or thinning, yeah. And it's just part of uh, 
how the forest regrows. So trees aren't really in the business of helping each other out. If you found a few species that are sharing or have joined the root networks for whatever reason, that's that's very interesting. But um, I don't I don't know why they would do that. It's cool that they do that. Right on. Cool. I mean, I think all it's... trees are fundamentally the same. There's like roots. There's there's xylems. There's phloem. There's I don't know. I'm not sure why they do it. I think it's honestly the way I think about it. I think that they get mutual a mutual benefit from it. For example, like say the fir, when the when the birch has lost all its leaves and the fir is still doing photosynthesis, it'll provide some of those sugars to the birch to help it grow. And this, at the same time, when say the fir is under canopy and the birch isn't, just because fir generally oh, can live can there and birch can't, I can see that. So the say the fir is getting less sunlight because of its its shade tolerability, and the birch isn't. It's getting more sunlight. I mean, they, and then the birch is giving it some. So they're kind of feeding each other, helping each other out, maybe. And there might be there's some kind of I don't like I said I don't know. This is like I this is so like such new information that I I'm well for me it is anyways. Okay, with absolutely zero credibility to my name to talk about this, and having not read any of the things you've just talked about. Hey, you're a forest professional, man. You got this. It sounds like it sounds like a, a diffusion argument, right? So if the yeah. birch is doing well and the fir isn't, then they have a connected root system or they have connected well the like vascular tissue, and so it flows from high concentration to low concentration. Mm-hmm. And then the reverse is true, say, in the spring when the fir has its needles out early mm-hmm. and there's not leaf cover, but the birch hasn't flushed yet, and then it can flow that way. So yeah. it just sounds like a diffusion argument. But I mean, it's to say it's communication is completely ridiculous. And the the one article I did read about it, it was talking about um, how trees communicate and the, like they were sharing sugars. Yeah. Or yeah, they were sugars or like cellulose or carbon or something. And then literally in the article I read, it was so ridiculous. It said, and then at some point in the future, when technology is far enough, maybe humans can do the same thing. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like, that's what. Okay. So the one I read, I was like, you're talking about a protein. Superman? You mean cannibalism? Like, if if you're talking about trees exchanging sugars, and like, if if you're going to give me some of your energy, I have to physically consume part of you. I have to cut like a couple digits off and have a snack. Like, there's no way that you can just like. Like you know, like audio jack to audio jack, and like give me a couple of volts or something stupid. That's that's not how I'm going to get calories from you as a yeah as well a mammal. But that's because we don't create our own energy. Exactly. But also, I guess n- nothing really technically does. What well, we do in our mitochondria. Right. But like, I guess yeah, nothing really does actually. But yeah, the difference is that the the mycorrhizae. That's the name of the fungus. It's the white fibers. If you were to dig a hole in the middle of the forest, you'd find all this, these white fibers. Those aren't actually roots. They're uh, a fungus that has a symbiotic relationship with trees. So the tree provides it with sugar, and it provides the tree with nutrients and more surface area. And f- more surface area in the means by having more surface area throughout the soil to pick up more yep. nutrients. More so, nutrients, more water. Yeah. Yep. So that's what mycorrhiza. That's what it's called. And, uh, yeah, that is what's actually it connecting the trees yeah it's, it's not that it it's sense. not that their vascular tissue is attached like if they're not sharing a xylem and a phloem See, that makes way more sense yeah yeah, no it's 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 because of so it's it's so that's the thing so technically the trees are not talking no the fungus has a symbiotic relationship with the trees and is passing that information through tree to tree yeah so i'm not a hundred percent convinced that you can say that different species are cohabitating and, and helping all. each other out. I find that hard to believe. Um, I'm not 100% on it. I'm not a 
tree scientist. No, but that makes sense. Especially too. like, okay, so I'm a fungus. Let's go with I'm a fungus. You are a fungus. I don't have a central nervous system. You're a I don't have, I'm a fungi. <laughs> I don't have sentience. I don't have any of that stuff. So if my job is to just lay all over the forest and then kind of pull from high areas to low areas and fill the gaps, I don't care if that's a fir that I'm grabbing from, if that's a birch, if it's a spruce, I like the if it's an you're aspen. Doing right now. It's good. Yeah, I'm like an I'm like an octopus, but I'm grabbing stuff. Yeah. I need and, to get um, a video for this podcast. <laughs> no, no, you don't. Um every, <laughs> do you want to lose subscribers? Um so no. Um yeah, so it's it's just this it's this unconscious like diffusion action. Like it's just acting as a pathway. Yeah. It's it's, it's like saying a straw is choosing to carry water from the taller glass to the lower glass. No, it's not. Yeah. It's just a tube. I like your other your uh, your other Oh uh, yeah. People, they're just like, the trees are talking. Well, the, okay, so when I talk about the, when I get to that metaphor example that I used so to you're waiting. put okay, that you're down. holding it back. The gotcha. other thing they talk about is like, so if you have uh, if you have a patch of like all aspen or something, and some of them start to experience a drought stress, they can release hormones or they can release like pheromones or things in the air or things in the roots that can um, alert the other trees nearby that they're under stress. And then the other trees will, you know, uh, also adjust and try to become more drought tolerant or all the rest of it. And people have used this this pheromone or this hormone. Um, uh, yes. Brain fart. Yeah, I'm trying to... This diffusion of, of pheromones in the air to say that trees are talking to each other. Yeah. Like one aspen tree is like, hey, hey, it's so dry. <laughs> and the other aspen tree is like, cool, I still got water, but I'll get ready for it to be like real dry. And they go... Like, that doesn't happen. That's not a thing. So it's all just... It's, it's all action and reaction. And... So one tree undergoing stress, right? Oh, there's no water. So it puts out the, oh, God, there's no water smell. And the other tree smell the, oh, God, there's no water smell. And it knows that smell because it also puts out that smell. So then it's like, I think I should put out the no water smell. I smell the no water smell. But I put out the no water smell. It's all just, it's input, output. It's 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 not a smell to them. It's a a, a chemical reaction. It's not, they're not literally smelling it. No. We're making, we're, we're, yeah. Wild, wild metaphors. We're personifying trees. We're now. personifying trees, which is Let's not, not which that. is what got us to these articles to begin with. Really, <laughs> yeah. I'm part of the problem. Let us not anthropomorphize <sighs> like things that don't have sentience. You're no kidding. Yeah, it's fiber. Yeah, it's vertical fiber with like fun little bits that blow in the wind and make sugar. Yeah, <laughs> get over it. Um, so, so the same thing I like to compare that to is like. It's, if you're saying that these trees are reacting to other trees, drought stress or pheromones or hormones, then you're saying that your skin reacts to the sun by burning. Yeah. Like it's, it's, so it's like this, the sun is not having a conversation with my skin <laughs> when I tan, <laughs> and they're not having an argument when I burn. You oh, know? I it's so that. stupid. That's a good one. No, that's a really good one. It's, it's so, yeah. It's, 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 it's a pretty good metaphor. It's not exact because, like, no, the, sun. the sun is not an organism. Yeah. And it's, you know, how many million miles away but yeah it's like it, it's a, it's the same situation there's a chemical reaction as a result of an input and that's all it is yeah so it's yeah it is cool technically speaking that like that this this my, mycorrhizae exists that the fungi exists that can do that it has a symbiotic relationship and it can hold and store and release you know carbon nutrients and water when it needs to um but yeah it's a symbiotic relationship between organisms and i yeah I gotta figure that out if it's if it's actually the trees. I don't, I'm, I find it hard to believe that they're grafting. The roots are grafting to each no, other. No, I also, especially cross species, like, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. No, no. 
So we're going to yeah. go with no with that one. No, it, yeah. it makes way more sense to have a third party yeah. uh, fungus that's being the middle person. That's my that. educated guesstimation on yeah. that situation. No, that's totally. I really want to see it. Like, show me, show me a, a root all the way from a fir yeah. and all the way from a birch, and show me like a little knot where they had a baby yeah. underground. <laughs> show me that. I want to see that. But no, microrhizal makes more sense. Burr. A burr? I don't know. <laughs> that was dumb. Let's move on. <laughs> oh. uh, anyways, but yeah, that's it, it is cool that they... But I see that post all the time. Yeah. Trees talk to each other, man. Well, Nature's like tre- alive. You yeah. can talk to trees. We're like them. What's We're that, all made of stars. Um, it's in the same book, I think, Hidden Life of Trees, where he talks about uh, acacia tree in Africa. When giraffes start eating tree. one acacia tree... Uh, that acacia tree will go under stress and it understands that it's being defoliated. So the leaves are being removed by the giraffes. Which is really just a hormone reaction. Yeah, it's a hormone reaction. And that tree will release a pheromone or some kind of some kind of indicator. Indicator that will blow downwind. It doesn't like it doesn't like push it through the roots or anything. It goes downwind and any other acacia trees in that pheromone's path will collect it and go, Oh shit. Like there's drafts coming, like, tr- and then and the tree giraffes. will, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like kids playing hockey in the street, yeah. But the, the 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 acacia trees will actually the ones that receive that those pheromones will actually change their flavor, and make it really really bitter, nice supposedly. And the, then the giraffes come around and they like they have a leaf or two and they go, uh, 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 better walk up wind, spit it out and whatever. I'm pretty sure the drafts would just learn to walk up wind, yeah, or something, Pro- yeah. probably, but whatever. It saves the ones downwind, right? So, yeah, yeah. But uh, that is true. So like they do. There is communication in the most technical sense, but it is, it's not, they're responding to actions, not, they're not sentient about it. They're not, they're not conscious. They're not going like, Ooh, what should I do? I don't know. Drafts are coming. Should I, should I suddenly try to like grow the little spikes longer on my branches? No, that's going to take too long. (laughs) Hmm, Maybe I could make my leaves bitter. Yeah. What do you think, Fred? And then I ask the one beside it. No, it's, it's completely just a reaction. Yeah. So it's, so, yeah. There's no dialogue between flame and cellulose when a log is burning in the fire. Yeah. They, yeah. It's yeah, exactly. So it it's, is cool, but let's not get carried away. These trees aren't crying or they don't feel loneliness. They're not they people. They yeah. have no nerve endings that yeah. like register pain. Yeah. Like, but they are super, super cool plants that exist and yeah. Nature is amazing. Yeah. And you can be amazed by it. We're not we're not we're not trying to like say that trees aren't cool and that they're not this like fascinating organism that lives on our planet that provides us with so much we're not saying that at all what we're saying is let's not get carried away and call them people because they're not they're not so yeah and anytime you you lay human qualities or or sentience over same thing with animals inanimate things right it's it's so silly yeah it is it yeah oh the disney effect the disney effect i mean like i'm sure animals do have some kind of emotional response to things but it's absolutely yeah it's it's not human-esque in its form that's for sure no totally silly yeah but yeah just the i'm i consider myself to be um i i love the environment and i love trees and i love nature i'm a big fan of conserving sensitive areas while utilizing areas that are more appropriate for it Mm -hmm. for forest resources or recreation or whatever right i haven't really got my head around people who, who go mudding and stuff and tear up bogs and they're just like oh. i love the backwoods i'm like you're killing every fish well you know what man like <laughs> I was gonna, i'm gonna have i have a guy lined up to talk about atv use on the landscape oh please do no and and he's really good he's very he's very uh like he knows his stuff 
good. He's not like on one side or the other. He's he's kind of down the middle. He kind of knows both arguments, and he's and honestly, like even myself, like my, I spent my entire childhood, like every day I came home when I was like twelve to sixteen, I would come home and I would go and find all of the mud holes, and I would purposely go through them until I got stuck on purpose. Yeah. And come back with like 200 pounds of mud on the quad and wash it off and go again the next day. And I thought it was the best thing. I had so much fun doing it. It was the best. I loved it. I don't disagree and that I it's fun. I see videos of people doing that now and it makes me cringe. And, it, and honestly, I'm just like, oh, shit. Like, is, don't do that. Like, that's, it's, yeah. it's so, now that I know the consequences of my action, before I didn't, I was, I was just a dumb kid being like, oh, nothing matters. Nothing I do can affect the world. But like, no, yeah, it can. So there's definitely ways to like, I'm not, we're not saying that people shouldn't use ATVs. Like they're always going to be used. I love ATV. I use it for hunting. I use it for like just, mm-hmm. just going for a trip, going like a quad ride or whatever. Yep. Right. But responsibly, it yep. can be done responsibly where it you're not be. blowing through fish bearing streams and rutting it up and making it all muddy. The and large trucks, it. Right. Like when you get the yeah. mudder trucks and then they hold mudder festivals. Like I've seen them around yeah. Drayton Valley. I've been down roads and there's like all these massive trucks parked <clears> and they have their own little banners that they put up next to the road, like yeah. mudder con, you know, 2014 or whatever it was yeah. and a big arrow. And I'm like, oh, people, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what they're called. <laughs> I'm it is not fun, the one. Man. It's fun. It's so much fun. Like I loved it when I was a kid. I, I, I honestly, if it wasn't for, the scientific part of my mind being like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. I would still be doing it today because it is so much fun and I get it. But it's it's so, so definitely You have to look those row in the eyes <laughs> and tell them their parents are going to die. We don't have sturgeon. Oh, we have sturgeon. That's true. We do, actually. Never mind. I don't know anything I'm about fish. That was a shot in the dark. Row, I nailed it. Sturgeon is row. But the, well, there's row. Every fish has row. But yeah. I was going to say. I was think. like, that's the name for eggs. But yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm not a huge. I I mean, I'm never gonna take it away from people, I'm, and you can't stop people. That's the other thing. No, it, you you just have to try and educate people, and they just kind of get the idea into their heads. Like, hey, if you can help it, like maybe don't burn giant holes in this creek or this mud hole because it's it's causing problems. It would be one thing if it was completely in the center of Muskeg, mm-hmm. where it's gonna have to hit a bunch of peat. The water's gonna slow, and the soil can't really go anywhere. But yeah. you're not finding your good mud in the middle of Muskeg. You're finding it on sites Fun. that are on their way down to or adjacent or are creeks like yeah. proper some people like the muskeg stuff that's that's a whole yeah. other thing that's a whole so other thing but also um, very good there's a little <laughs> bit of a, a push in industry to treat um like large soil releases similar to um like a petrol oh leak, yeah like a spill like a spill there's yeah. there's a there's a group of people that argue that the damage is equivalent yeah and they should actually be treated the same way and they I should be know. reported the same way it, it might be man i don't know like i'm yeah. i don't i haven't done enough on it. that's why i'm having this guy on hopefully he can shed some light on that he might know uh, he, if he doesn't then i'll find somebody else who does know because yeah that's that's the type of stuff i want to get to definitely yeah. want to find those 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 answers man that my brain answers. is barely on today it's <laughs> you know what it's that day. It is that. It is Derek that. Derek and I both looked at each other today. I was like, hey, man, you want to do a podcast today? He's like, uh, maybe. I'm like, <laughs> I've only been here an hour, and this should be like, I should be so full of energy, but I'm not feeling it. Yeah. And I'm getting ready for hunting camp, for elk camp, so my oh, mind yeah. is elsewhere yeah, completely. Yeah, yeah. By the way, there's not going to be a podcast next week. <laughs> <laughs> I know, an unrelated story. <laughs> Bye. Um, yeah, no, it's a. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. Oh, trees talking to each other. These people kill me. Anyways, trees are awesome. I love trees. I love That's them. That's why so I'm much. in this industry. But yep. they're not people. You have to hug them to get the ribbon around them so that they can tell where the edges of the cup lock are. Tree hugger. I am. <laughs> I did for three years. Oh my phone. Later. <laughs>
<laughs> um, it's the first time I got a phone call on the podcast. You were doing good. Uh, <laughs> what else? What else? What else? Oh, yeah. Um, I got a little paper here with some crap we can talk about. <clears throat> um, oh, yeah. Check this out. Okay. I went on when I was kind of thinking about misconceptions and myths. I was like, who is the biggest person or like organization against forestry? And I was like, oh, Greenpeace. Oh, so God. I just went to the Greenpeace website and looked up like forestry, see what popped up. And they've gotten, it seems like they've gotten a little less crazy. They've gotten more like. Min- I hear they're crazy. Is oh, no, a different they, flavor no, no, now. No, they are. They are still. But like on their website, at least they're trying to like dumb it down. But um, their intentions are good. Their methods are horrible. But anyways. Um, so yeah, they had a thing about uh, saying that logging practices are like unsustainable like clear cutting is horrible and like it's ruining caribou and it's ruining wolverine habitat and stuff and yeah that's uh, it's not unsustainable there's a reason that we're doing it the way we're doing it and it is because it is the most sustainable way that we can think of okay so it's we're mimicking natural disturbance yeah something that's been on the land base long before us yeah and we do it in a a really good way so like yeah sure if you were to go out and you were to cut a like one million hectare chunk square chunk of bush how how much is that in acres people don't know people average public don't know hectares what the hell okay so a hectare is 100 meters by 100 meters an acre is like a third of that i think i guess what's acres smaller so it's like three acres to hectare I think, I think it's something like that. I think it's smaller. Okay, so sure. we're talking about like 400,000 acres. Oh, no, my man. I'm not my dad. My dad would know this answer. I don't know oh, this no, no, answer. No, no, no. No, a million. Okay, was, so you're talking about like three or four million acres. Whatever. This is this is a hypothetical argument. I'm just this, Let's not get in, caught you're up right. in the P's and Q's right. here. Okay, Sorry about so the math. let's say we cut this giant piece of bush, okay? And we pay no attention to the creeks. We pay no attention to, to nesting sites. We pay no attention to wetland, uh, upland. We don't pay no attention to any of the indicators, and we just cut it all. That's horrible. That would be yeah. a horrible, horrible crime against Everything the Everything you've listed is like okay. our job. Yeah, exactly. So look that's that. not what we do, people. So clear cutting. Clear cutting. There are rules and regulations around you have to stay a certain distance away from certain size creeks to so that you can stop any erosion that may happen, which doesn't generally happen, but may happen from going into the creek and causing sediment to, you know, it, it the, does so many things. Yeah, there's a lot of things. There's like a that, long laundry list of what happens when you put soil in the water, and none of them are good. Yeah, so we'll, that'll be a whole other podcast. But, um, anyways, so there's there's things in place to keep us from going into creeks and wetlands we and stuff like springs, that. We protect springs. We protect mineral licks. Yeah, nesting sites, and currently, Dense. I know that uh, the forest industry is really, really, really looking into their practices in relation to species at risk. Yep. So caribou is the biggest one right now. And I actually got a guy coming on to talk about caribou soon. So stay in two for that. Good yeah. stuff. Good yep. stuff. Um, but they're trying to figure out the best way to help them out because they do need older growth forests. They eat lichen. So in order for them to get that, it needs they need a certain, certain specific areas, right? And uh, there's kind of some things up in the air about it, whether or not to save caribou if you should kill wolves or if you should but the, the real problem is access there's too much access and it just it and whatever right but so the the forest industry is looking into it and they're trying to figure out the best ways to protect those resources because we still we do want the caribou to stick around um i'm not 100 percent sure if the science is out or in on it but we're trying to figure it out like right now we do uh 
we don't just go out and cut all the oldest stuff. It's actually a spatial harvesting sequence. So we do it in a, in a specific manner that is uh, created by a computer and, and analyzed and done properly and grows the forest over 200 years to make sure that it'll be sustainable over time. And we have to make sure that we keep the same age distribution on the landscape throughout time. So yeah. there should always be 10% old growth, uh, whatever, 20%. This is, this and these is, numbers are arbitrary. Yeah, these are arbitrary numbers. I'm just saying. For, so it should be 10% old growth. It should be 20% almost old growth there should be another you know 50 percent somewhere in the middle and then like 30 or whatever it is it yeah. should be under right so we don't try and maintain that distribution and but yeah the caribou yeah. thing we're working on it we're working on wildlife we're working on maintaining yeah. the forestry mosaic which is very important for biodiversity yeah. we're managing for water we're managing for um, species that currently fall within like acceptable levels of population, but yeah. we're noticing trends that are starting to lean to they might you know have habitat at risk yeah. and all the rest of it. So we're uh, bird species like even even things like sparrows and like some of the mm-hmm. chickadees and things like that. Like yeah. we have we have biologists that are keeping track of all those populations and stuff and how industry impacts that. Oh yeah, no, there's lots of biologists doing research on that. There's a great talk at the AGM last yeah. year about. Um, linear disturbances and how oh, it yeah. affects bird populations yeah. and the, the minimum size they need to be able to have nests. I don't remember that one, but it was great. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's lots of stuff like that. But anyways, the, the, the way we are managing our forests is sustainable despite what you may hear. It's, it's, it's built that way on purpose because like I said before, I don't know any foresters that are in it to, you know, pillage the landscape and take all the money and run. Nobody's out there. Nobody. We're not. We're, we're not. We're not deforesting people. That's another big one, right? Like people think yeah. that. Oh, it's a clear cut. It's deforested. Like no, okay. Deforesting is the act of removing trees and vegetation off of a landscape and replacing it with agriculture land, or replacing it with a city, or a town, or a village, or whatever it is, a dam. Like it's literally making it so that forest can no longer go back. Period. Yeah. Right. That's not what we're doing, and. We're not salting the earth after we cut it. Yeah. Like, the forest <laughs> is like, okay, so before the 1950s, we weren't even reforesting. Yeah. We were, that that's the true, that was the true like cut and walk away. Yeah. And those stands came back. They probably yeah. didn't come back to the same quality that was there before. And that's why we plant mm-hmm. is to be responsible and to get the forest like a really good kickstart yeah. to get back to where it was in a reasonable amount of time. Yeah. Um, but no, the forest is always the forces always bounce back. Yeah. It's super resilient. As long as you don't, like you said, salt the earth, spill oil all over it or yeah. do something stupid like that or fragment it to the point where every hundred meters there's a pipeline. Like that's not good. Or a highway or something. Ridiculous. Or a highway or, or a whatever. Or power line, whatever. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. But um, yeah, the sustainability of, of forest practices today are world class I would say, Canada. I would say, yeah. In Can- uh, Let's speak to Canada. Well, in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about other places so much, but in Canada, like we're our forestry practices are considered world-class. We're yeah. at the leading edge of it, not saying it can't get better, not saying we're not constantly trying to improve it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're just saying that it's it's the best that it could be right now, and yeah. we're working on making it better, as always, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the other big thing about clear-cutting that I saw on the Greenpeace website, awesome website, by the I way. Will never I will really, never I'm proud of you for going. I'm not going <laughs> Anyways, uh, they were saying that clear-cutting... Uh, decreases carbon sequestration or something like that. Or maybe that wasn't the Greenpeace website. I don't want to misquote them, but it was. Oh, something. oh my God! <laughs> yeah, you're right. Don't drag Greenpeace's name through the mud. They don't do that with literally anyone else. They don't baselessly. You know, I can't. Yeah. Anyways, Whatever. I saw a thing on the internet uh, <laughs> where clear gutting would uh, would decrease the carbon sequestration availability Overall. of the forest. Uh, so the 
their thoughts are that you remove the trees and now there's just these little tiny little trees trying to, oh my God, I got so many phone calls. <laughs> okay, I put it on silent. Anyways. I thought I did too. I didn't think I'd get two phone calls at the same time. But anyways. Um, Brag about it. So what the heck was I talking about? All oh, right. Carbon okay. sequestration. Carbon sequestration. So carbon sequestration is the act of trees and or vegetation in general taking carbon dioxide from the atmosphere and putting it into their fiber and into their roots and into the soil so that it is not in the atmosphere anymore, right? Um, by cutting down trees in a clear-cutting fashion, the way that's done, the, the stuff that I read, it said that you're actually doing the opposite. Because an old growth forest or a medium growth forest has slowed down its carbon sequestration. It's not growing as much, much. biomass anymore, right? It's kind of hit its peak. There's a, there's a climax. And uh, th- when you cut down and turn that wood fiber into buildings or paper it or something like it that. It's tied up in walls. Yeah, you're tied up. The carbon is now tied up in walls rather than being burnt on the landscape. Mm-hmm. And now you have a new new forest coming up, which is like maximizing its potential. It's pulling out all as much carbon as it possibly can, trying to take up as much space and grow as fast as possible. So you are actually drastically increasing the amount of carbon that is pulled from the atmosphere by creating a clear cut. And that, that happens for about 30 years after you cut it. You have an increased amount of, by the time it gets to about 30 years, then they start to slow down a little bit because they've, they've done a lot of stem exclusion yep. and there's less competition now. And But it's for the first 30 years, the amount of carbon sequestration is increased is massive. Like yeah. it's a crazy amount. So Do you know why? Because there's no shade. Yeah. <laughs> they have full sun. They have a bit of exposed soil. They have microsite. They mm-hmm. have coarse woody debris to provide shelter to seedlings. They have every advantage. Yeah. No, it's awesome. So clear cutting. Um, yeah, if it's if it's done improperly, yeah, it can be horrible. But doing anything improperly is horrible. You need to do oh, it yeah. properly, right? So we're protecting all of the things that we need to protect. We're protecting water. We're protecting nesting sites, species at risk. Mm-hmm. We're just protecting... Yeah, anything we can. And and even now, uh, clear-cutting is becoming, I don't know if it's becoming, but we're starting to look into doing things like uh, understory protection. So you have understory conifer species like spruce that are underneath the aspen or poplar canopy, and we're protecting those as we're harvesting. So you, they go through a bunch of different ways you can do it. And they cut the trees down, the big trees, the mature trees, and they try to avoid... Yeah, they actually put them pur- behind the machine. Yeah, or purposefully leave all of the all the small trees that aren't mature yet. They don't drive over them just because they're in the way. They leave them there, and then that means that you have a jump start on growth. So you've yeah. got now a forest that has like a thirty or forty or sixty year jump start on conifer growth, and it's and the the studies that I've seen personally, I've I've, I've cored trees that you can see had that had that uh, application done to them, and you can see the giant huge jumps in growth rings like they start growing up like crazy after that yep. so yeah underserved protection is another way that we're starting to uh change the landscape change the way we manage it so yeah, yeah it's a good one so when you were talking about caribou you were talking about how they might be affecting like wolf populations or they're trying to think about how to basically pull the strings on the the ecosystem in the web and how that's going to make everything react and that reminded me just a bit about facebook again <laughs> so i'm on some page for something and someone's like oh, I don't have any fireflies near my lake. Oh, and yeah. Yeah, I told you, this is ridiculous. <laughs> I don't have any fireflies near my lake, and I would really like if there's fireflies in my lake. What species of fireflies can I get in my lake? And I was like, what are you doing? 
what are you actually doing? And people were like, oh, these are the species of fireflies that are native to Alberta. You could probably find them over here. And I'm like, are you talking about moving species like in the province? And there's so many things to talk about. So the first thing is, <laughs> one, don't introduce species if it's not there. Like yeah. if something's not there, like if there's a little pond by your house and you're like, what harm could it be? I'm just going to drop these minnows in. Then I'm going to drop, you know, the next fish in and the next fish in over X amount of years. Like don't stock your own ponds. Yeah. Just there's just leave them alone. Yeah. It's the reason it's not there. You don't know you don't know what vegetation's in there. You don't know what insect populations are in there. You have no idea what that's supporting yeah. or could support. Mm-hmm. You know, you might put a bunch of fish in there and then the trumpeter swan that visits every season suddenly doesn't want it anymore. Yeah. It changed something. So just don't affect the the ecosystems around you. The other thing is if you, there's especially insects, which are like not sensitive, but pretty hardy to begin with. If they're not there already, mm-hmm. they're lacking part of their part of their food source, part of their habitat, something. Yeah, you know, bugs will go everywhere if yeah. they have what they well, need. Well, introducing insects is like a good way to cause some like super crazy trophic cascades where you like it's what's like a, what's a trope? It's like well, I'm just saying it, it's like it's like the butterfly effect, right? Like it's a butterfly flaps effect. its wings in Africa, and you know, hundred years later, there's a storm that destroys. Or Canada, they talk about whatever, like mercury right? like and stuff, right? Yeah. Like in your in your first fish, the little bit of mercury is not a big deal. But when you get up to your big game fish, yeah. it's like it's it's in a high level concentration. It's similar to that. So if you if you affect the lowest tier of stuff, it yeah. ripples up into all the the predators and all the other. Yeah. So introducing insects don't somewhere where they're not don't for sure don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> and I I destroyed this woman unapologetically. <laughs> Like, yelled at her through my keyboard. As you do through Facebook. As I do like through Facebook. As, as Facebook is for, um, in my opinion, <laughs> a lot of the time. Whatever. It's what it gets used for. Whether or not that was his vision, that's what it's for now. Derek's wars against the trolls. Yeah. I just, I, it's not even a troll. It's like mm-hmm. it's like some middle-aged person who's like, I'd love if there were fireflies as off my porch at the lake. it's bad to be middle-aged. <laughs> no, but it's just... <laughs> it's just, just I don't know what it is. It's, it's this... Um, it's this concept. It has nothing to do with age. It has to no. do with people that just don't know what they're talking about. It's this concept that people want a thing, and they're so used to being able to change their world to make the thing possible, right? Yeah. Like I want to have a like a lodge on that lake, yeah. so they build a lodge. A bunch of other people build a bunch of homes. Now there's power lines, there's roads, there's grocery stores, there's sewer systems. Like there's the full meal deal. Yeah. And it was just like because people wanted to be on that lake. Yeah. <laughs> so we're used to being the masters of our domain. So it's like, oh, I want pretty lights. I guess I'll introduce fireflies. Like don't. Don't yeah. don't do that. <laughs> don't don't do that. Yellowstone and stuff when they had like the stuff they've done with wolves when they had to reintroduce them and all the rest of it and what that did to their angular populations. Like it's you never really know what one little thing will do. Yeah. Don't introduce things without introduce like solid, things. solid science and knowing what you're doing. And don't do it if you're just a public person. Please, please don't. Just, you know, let the people that know what they're doing and doing the research do it. Because there's, there's a reason those things aren't there. So yeah, don't there's introduce There's a biologist that was like to, there was like you're being a little harsh and like i'm a biologist and i was like then you know this yeah. then you know this <laughs> if you're a biologist and you're not losing your mind at the concept of of a civilian like reintroducing and moving insect populations like how are you not losing your mind about this i don't know you should be you should we should be, the two of us should be standing next to each other throwing <laughs> our hands in the ears just physically throwing things around a room while setting <laughs> fires about people that are like i you know I, I just wanted this so i just did that <laughs> weird all these trees are dead because this bug is here now or like 
<laughs> oh, it's so stupid. Oh, this bird population isn't here anymore. Oh, uh, because my insect outcompeted their food source. Oh, it could happen, though. So you got to be careful. Oh, so stu- oh, the fish in the lake died. Yeah, yeah. they ate the one, you know, kind of soft fly that can't compete because now there's fireflies. <laughs> and it doesn't know how to eat the fireflies. It doesn't know fireflies are a thing. It's never seen one. Like, it's... Uh, oh, <laughs> it kills me. You never know. Like, mm. you could do that. You could bring a bug in and watch all the fish in, like, a lake die. Yep. You have no idea how yeah. it's going to ripple. No, exactly. So Everyone could be like, it's weird. All the fish are dead. Mm-hmm. You're going to be like... Oh, the fireflies are real pretty. <laughs> like, while slinking back into your, your cabin or whatever, being Ugh. like closing the door. Homer yeah. Simpson into the shrubs. Invasive species. Oh, don't do yeah. it. Don't don't let it happen. God, it just kills me. Yeah, it does happen though. People are, you know. Oh, I don't, I don't know what. You, don't you're know what physically hurting right now from this, I it, can tell. It actually, <laughs> it really bothers me. Um, like there were people talking about um, seed vaults and stuff. Like there's a big seed vault up way up in the north. Is it Sweden? Oh man, that place. Um, there's an island somewhere in the north. Yeah, somewhere way north, like way, way in between north. Greenland and like Ireland, somewhere in there. It's the seed vault. Yeah, and the seed vault. Yeah, and it's it's supposedly I think it's it's roughly like ten or twenty meters above where the sea level would be if all of the ice in the world melted. Yeah. So they yeah. This holds apparently it's the it's the biggest collection of world seeds ever yeah. ever done. So they're basically yeah. trying to have it's 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 the Noah's Ark of plants. It is the Noah's Ark. Like can exactly. we just get like yeah. like one of a couple of everything? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And seeds store so well. Yeah. So it's a great thing. So a few people were talking about this on Facebook and I just mentioned I said, Hey, there's this uh, seed improvement <laughs> center in Smoky Lake which I have another story about. Um, and I said, they actually have a, the, this huge seed vault, but it's a, it's a huge private venture. So you can't really get tours or anything. Um, but they have a bunch of tree species and whatever whatever clones, whatever species they're, they're housing or they're growing or they're managing. And people were like, oh, well, that's not really what we're talking about. We're talking about like repositories and seed banks for the world and stuff. And I was like, yeah, but if the world ended, that's for the world. Like that that vault is built into a hillside and has a huge steel like blast door on it. Yeah. Like that, that that's the kind of thing you would want to know about if we're talking about seed repositories. That's the seed repository. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just like, oh well we can get a tour and I sent them an email and they haven't responded yet and I don't know about it. And I was like and, and they said it, they said I wasn't being helpful. And I was like, I am. You get so was, you get so worked like, up with these people on Facebook. Just forget about the people on Facebook. They don't know I what they're talking about. It was so hurt. There's I a reason they're on Facebook and not on like a scientific forum. <laughs> they're not writing papers. I they're just, just I don't know why it is like <clears throat> I, I know you've probably experienced this too. You know what? I'll tell my st- other smoky like tree story first before I go on a completely different tangent. Um, I was getting my hair cut. And I like to talk. You know this forestry. forestry. Important topics. Important topics. So, and then I was talking about like, oh yeah, I, I I did this work at the Smoky Lake Tree Improvement Center, and without any other prompting, the person cutting my hair went off about, oh my gosh, I can't believe that they have genetically modified trees. I can't believe what they're doing. They don't even know what they're doing. The whole the whole forest is gonna die. It's gonna be like one bug. And it's gonna kill everything, or it's all just gonna fail. It's like, why are they doing this? And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Where's this coming? And from? I just sat there, just in awe. Just like and you, it's cutting your hair, you don't want to fight them too hard. Doesn't it make you wonder, like what what we say stuff about that we haven't, like we, we're, you know what I mean? Our opinions on things that we know nothing about, but we like think we know about. Yeah. I wonder how many people look at us and are just like, what in the actual? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, and I had to I had to explain to the person who was cutting my hair. I was like, no, 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 no. It's like a 
it's like a totally different thing it has like nothing to do with actually genetically modifying they do like some selective breeding of things as like a as as an exercise but it doesn't get to go on the land base no we don't put we don't put artificial no. trees or artificial artificially uh like selectively bred yeah no, we don't there's, do that. There's no tree husbandry no. going on to your land base. All the all the trees that you see that are planted are f- natural, genetic versions of trees that you know yeah, they, they came from the cup log. Yeah, they pulled the seeds from the bush. They grew them in a greenhouse and they put them back in the bush. They're yeah. not they they weren't gene spliced or anything like that. So nope. it's all natural. The only don't thing they did it. was clean the seeds, which basically yeah. just means they opened the cones, they yeah. got the wings off them, they separated the seeds that were empty or not viable from the ones that are full yeah. and ready to be germinated. Then they put them in the plugs and then they put them in the ground. Yeah, we're definitely I mean, not playing God. No, I mean you can't. And that's the other thing. Um, the monocrops on the on the land base. If okay, so for example, if you have a crop, if you're growing wheat or canola or something. Let's say you plant it all, it's this one strain, there's a blight that it's weak to, the blight comes through, kills your whole crop, you go, oh, that really sucks, my whole crop, no. And then you plant (laughs) a different strain the next year and nothing's changed. You have one bad year, right? Yeah. It sucks. Now do that with forestry. Now imagine we have this genetically modified, this really great tree, it grows super fast, you know, instead of taking 110 years, it's going to do it in 60, (laughs) and we plant just a ridiculous amount of it everywhere. And then that blight comes through 30 years in, that it's susceptible to, wipes it all out. We didn't lose a year, we lost 30. Yeah. The thing, we can't risk it. No. It's it's the same argument with, um, like, penned, penned in animals. Right, like like for example, there's 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 deer and elk ranches and stuff like that, and the argument against those being being there is that by having a high population of, of concentrated animals, you're creating a perfect pot for a disease to be created, a new disease that we don't know what it does, and yeah, yeah, you're asking for trouble. So we let's let the natural animals be naturally on the landscape and not try to pen them up and make them this thing. There's a reason that, for example, the uh, Elk Island National Park. They have overpopulation in Elk Island National Park. Now they're trying to figure out what to do. People are like, "Well, just let them go." You can't, because they have some kind of, they have some kind of disease. Every like basically every single one of them has some kind of disease that is transferable to other elk. And if they let them go in the landscape, now that's a that disease is born throughout the landscape, and we're right. in big trouble. We and they're problem. immune to it, but the ones on the land base outside the fence or something. Aren't. I don't know yeah. if they're immune to it or what the deal is with it, but it's it's some kind of specific disease that was that that's there and it's nowhere else. But if we let them out, it will be everywhere else. So we can't let them out. They have right. to be managed somehow. Some other and way. the truth hurts, but that's why we have bullets. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what are you gonna do? There's not a lot to be there's not a lot to be said about that. Um, try to be insensitive. Or at least arrows, anyways. Yeah. Whatever. Arrows, bullets. That's all. <laughs> it's all a simple point and click interface. Man, we're flying through this. Like, like I said, like, I, this is why I like to bring Derek on because I can just be like, "Hey, Derek, here's a microphone. Wind me up and Say let me go." Stuff. Oh yeah, wind you up and let you go because oh. I'm like, I'm tired. You talk. I'm tired. You talk. <laughs> Let me tell you about <laughs> insert controversial topic here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's uh, like what else can we talk about? I think we're, we're pretty much coming down. It's 45 minutes in. We're pretty much coming to the end. But um, one other thing people were saying was uh, I saw it was kind of funny. Uh, was that foresters like they see hear the word forestry and immediately think lumberjack? They're just like, oh, you're just like some dumb hick lumberjack that like doesn't think is uneducated and unskilled and like that's for stupid people it's like no it's not what it is forestry is like high tech smart people that care about the land base that are trying to do their best to make sure the land base is always there in the way that it is and unchanged and that you can still you know 
you don't have to wipe your ass with an owl. That's always nice. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think I was. <laughs> Could you imagine? That's a T-shirt. You never saw oh that. Oh my god! Don't wipe your ass with an owl. <laughs> oh my god! No, I just. I saw it. Man, I closed like the second you said it. I just saw someone very roughly grabbed a great horn. Its eyes got real big, and it just went down. And it was a go- it was gone, and it wasn't the same. And you and you wiped like against the grain of the feathers too, and so it came out like shit covered and like back combed. It, it was it got the shit perm treatment. Yeah, don't do that. Oh my god. Let's keep forestry going. Oh, that kills Conservation, me. Conservation, forestry. All the environmental sciences. Let's keep it all. Um, I'm trying to <laughs> because I'm, we don't want that. <laughs> I'm trying to get my brain back in a place where I can comment on your. Um, uh, you know what, man? It doesn't even matter. Lumberjacks. Yeah. So like, people ask me, they're like, "Oh, you're a lumberjack," and I'm like, "No." And here's why. And the biggest thing is like, that's a that's a really big deal. Like, if you were gonna call yourself a lumberjack, yeah. I expect you to be out every day hand falling. I expect you to be ridiculously skilled with hand a chainsaw. Hand falling means with like a like a chainsaw, a chainsaw, wedges, or axe. yeah, yeah, axes and stuff. Like, uh, my father-in-law did that for a while in BC, right? Mm. He cut some of those really big trees on the coast and stuff. And, um, like, that's that's lumberjack work. Yeah. And that's no I, w- joke. I would even hesitate work. to call people who operate feller bunchers lumberjacks. I would think you're an equipment operator no, who happens to be operating one yeah. that cuts trees. Yeah. But, um, I, I, like, I've done a bit of hand falling, but I've never been a hand faller. Like, I've never yeah. done it for work. So I would never call myself a lumberjack. It takes lumberjack. legit skill. It does. And yeah. it's it's... It's such an old title. We very rarely do hand falling in any real capacity, especially in Alberta. Yeah. And BC so in BC, they still do. Yeah. yeah. They, they got ridiculously high value trees, though. They can justify the wages. And um, yeah, so when people say, like, you're a lumberjack, I'm like, no, I'm not cool enough. No, 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 no. Yeah. Like, I'm, I don't know. No, I suck. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, no, I just sit. Like, I have this 3D monitor and this LiDAR technology. And so it's all layered. And so I have a map that shows me the heights of all the trees. And I've got, like, a ground slope model. And they're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, oh, do you think? Oh, no, no, no. I have all my teeth. Yeah. I went to school. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I don't. We're not. Okay, so it's forced technologists. Let me tell you about what I do. And then you have to explain to them yeah. that you're not this, I don't know, like, moonshine drinking, straw hat wearing. Yeah. Grass so on the teeth guy. That's one of the biggest ones. Yeah. And it, there's nothing against those people. Yeah. I mean, we work with those people. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, forestry. Forestry. It's not for dummies. It's 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 really not. And um, I always talk about, they're like, oh, so you like plant trees. And I go, nope. I would be one of the people that would be organizing their work or overseeing them, but not actually doing the thing. Yeah. Like, no, exactly. We're, we're just that kind of one step up. So yeah. we're not cutting the trees. We're overseeing the crews or we're planning all of their harvests we're yeah. planning the reforestation yeah no it's a, it's a, it's an important job and it takes like it takes a lot of time and effort and concentration and thought to be able to do it pro- properly right it's not just a simple like get rid of trees plant trees it's it's there's a lot more that goes into it a lot of problems microsites and problem solving yeah you, there's lots of things going on so primarily what we do is we problem solve we yep. take our base knowledge we have whatever inputs and whatever you know field data and maps and whatever we have and then yeah. we we say okay this is the solution to manage the resource and get it back to where it should be yeah we execute the plan it goes exactly as it should because we've done the research. We know how trees grow. And then you still have the forest. And also your house is built. And everything's great. And it's there's still birds. And you can still wipe your ass with I an like owl houses. if you can catch one. <laughs> <laughs> kills me. Oh. oh, man. Good stuff. Well, this is a productive 50 minutes. That's generous. 
Yeah. Productive. Well, productive in the sense that there wasn't any silence. Well. Do you want to talk about uh, people thinking the demand for forest products is dying real quick? Oh, that's so dumb. Like five minutes? That's so dumb. So what, so what people think is happening is they're just like, well, no one even like, we're, we've got better materials than wood or all the rest of it. Wood is a great material. They've First improved. Well, if you listen to the previous podcast, you know that, at least in my opinion, and I'll pretend like I, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty confident that wood is the only truly sustainable building resource we have on the planet. Yeah. So, so even if you look beyond the building resources, which is really important because earthquakes are a thing and wood is way better than concrete and earthquakes. Moving on. Um, so if you look at like new technologies, so there's nanocrystalline cellulose, which is a really small, um, very, very fine cellulose product that's broken down mechanically. Yeah. That can be used in a bunch of stuff. They're doing tests with it to um, have it in like hydrogen fuel cell membranes and a bunch of new nanotechnologies, which is phenomenal. Yeah. But then if you have the micro version of that, which isn't quite as fine, mm-hmm. um, like that's in that's in Miracle Whip. That's used as an emulsifier. That's crazy. So you're getting yeah, it's nuts. So you're getting trees that are ground up and put in food. Everybody <laughs> eats. Yeah. So that means instead of that fiber being used for a building material or mulching or even firewood, now it's going to like a food product. So yeah. that's actually only increased demand. So they're making for fiber. packaging. They're making bottles. They're making yeah. all kinds of stuff out of wood. Products, cellulose yeah. based like plastics and things now. Yeah. So, in the classic sense of forestry, when you look at like lumber or you look at plywood or even look at pulp, you could say that the demand hasn't gone up, yeah. or that it may have gone down or it may have changed. But what you don't see is the new cutting edge technologies yeah. that technically use wood fiber as either their core material or part of their material. Yeah. And and you don't even think about it, right? Your new laptop could have a cellulose component to one of its pieces mm-hmm. and you wouldn't think that's forestry, but someone cut those trees and got it to where it was manufactured. Yeah. You know, exactly. No, it's, yeah, that, that, you said it perfectly. I don't think I need to say any more. Cool. That's pretty much it. I win. Sweet. Any final thoughts? Um, I don't know. I don't have me on again. Sweet. I, I have nothing like important to say. I have no discernible <laughs> skills or talents, but I can do this. Man, I, I would say, yeah, I would say talking. Yeah. Talking, speaking your mind about like random, you know, I, I would love to thoughts. hear if the people that listen to your podcast really liked this or if they only heard the first three minutes, rolled their eyes twice and went to the next you talk one. fast. Sorry about it. My brain. But that's okay. It's good, man. Whatever. We need people like you. A little bit passionate. A little bit crazy. It's <laughs> good. I like it. A little it. bit volatile. Who knows? We'll, we'll see. Like the first three podcasts you were on were like the first three. So it's hard to say what the analytics said. There. Well, so we were just talking. We'll see about this one, right? There were basics. Yeah. This is this is more of a like, you we're know, still fire and brimstone place. preacher thing. I can yeah. I can really I can really <laughs> I can really get animated on this. So there we go. That right. was good. Thanks I'm still for exhausted. Me. I'm glad you're here and talking because I don't think I could pull it off by myself. Get hyped. <laughs> <laughs> Wipe your ass with an owl. <laughs> Anyways, uh, thanks a lot for listening, everybody. Thanks for yeah checking out the Your Forest Podcast. And uh, yeah, if you've got any questions, send them to me, yourforestpodcast.gmail.com, and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Rate and review. Tell your friends. Hand it out. I want this thing to get bigger. Do you have someone you hate? Send it to them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> have someone you like? Maybe maybe send it to yeah, them. Yeah, tell them about it first. Tell, tell them about it first. <laughs> see if their eyes gloss over. Maybe Maybe just talk about the weather. Yeah, I hope we didn't step over any like bound knowledge boundaries here because we're like 
we don't really know specifics about all this stuff. This Neither is just like the people general, that write these Facebook these articles. Are all general forestry knowledge. Like, if you talk to any forester, they're yeah. going to know these things. It's not like I'm providing any kind of base knowledge plus opinion equals this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> this moment. <laughs> Anyways, thanks for checking it out, guys. Well, uh, yeah, there's not going to be a podcast next week, so there'll be one after that. I'm going to be trying to kill stuff with a pointy stick and a string. It's going to be fun. You can report on your success. (laughs) Or your failure. (laughs) All right. Thanks a lot.